0: Welcome to Base Space,
1: a crypto podcast. Base Space.
2: So, hey everyone, welcome to the Base Space. Uh, this is a crypto podcast hosted by myself, the crypto of YouTube. Today's coins is super high, that creates opportunities for growth, networking, education in the crypto industry. Today we have the honor of having Andy Boran, co-founder of Infinity Keys. Welcome to the show, Andy.
1: I mean, thank kind you of for been... having me, friends. I'm Dude. so stoked to
2: be here. <laughs> you've uh, you've kind of snuck on the show a few times. <laughs>
1: but...
2: I <I'll> do that. You're <laughs> <laughs> so sneaky, man. Um, so what's life been like, man? How's uh, what's it like being a entrepreneur now, man? And gentle uh, frogs and gentle penguins.
1: Gentle frogs and gentle penguins. Um uh so i if you don't know i worked for chainlink labs through starting in december or not december in in defi summer 2020 through uh this year about march uh, i left so I, that's kind of how i got to know the base space the frogs the marines everything um connected and of course you know the chainlink labs team uh amazing to be a part of that um since left the main question every marine asks is, is why did you leave and they like give me the side eye like something up And so I I just want to start with that, like, uh, everybody needs to know the reason I left is because I had the opportunity to be a founder for a dream project of my own. Um, I I had this idea. I've loved this idea for a very long time. And um, as as my connections in the space grew and my understanding of the space, especially the metaverse grew and this opportunity arose. It was it was an hour never dream. I'm a little bit older than uh, than some people in crypto, and so there are limited opportunities for me to pursue my own dream um, and really build something. And this just grabbed me by the throat and wouldn't let go. And so I had a decision: do do I build something of my own and and go for it, Um, or do I build you know continue helping to build like you know the fourth industrial revolution standard? Um, And and I went for it on my own. I am still a massive Chainlink fanboy. I I'm a huge supporter of the team at Chainlink Labs. Um, I have no doubts whatsoever about the, the import of what they're building over there, but life as a founder is a different animal, and I couldn't do two things at once. It was uh, not possible for me to um, coexist in that world, and so, um, man, th- things have been really wild. I can get into some of the details now. It's been, um, let's see, what is it, the eighth month, and I left after the second month, so it's been about six months I've been doing this full time, but the project's really lived in my heart for quite a lot longer than that.
2: Cool. Oh, man. Yeah,
1: I, I still hear your name
2: come up from time to time uh, on Zoom calls. So I think your legacy on a Chainlink lab is
1: only good things, my man. So don't sweat it at all. Well, I've got war stories. Um, you know, I was there uh, when not many people were there. Um, and just, I, I happened to be at the right place time and I came in with the right experience um, for, for a moment in time. And so I was incredibly fortunate to uh, learn under some um, insanely talented people, um, Adeline included. You guys all know Adeline. Uh, I don't know. I- I'm not going to dox everybody on the team that, that trained me up there, but um, so I was incredibly fortunate to be part of that. And-, and not only that, but like to be part of a growing organization in the middle of this crazy you know, bull run and DeFi explosion and everything. Um, but to see the way that Sergey and the leadership team Took the team from you know fifty to three hundred and like scaled that and really took that process. That was just an amazing opportunity to be part of like uh, uh, this moment in time and see what that looked like, which you know helped inspire. Like uh, I think I can do this. I think I can start from zero and start to grow. And it's going to take a long time. It's going to take guts. Um, but having that uh, as part of my education in uh, Chainlink Labs definitely an inspirational part of. It. Very base and.
2: But going back, you said that you had this idea for quite some time. Like, when did you know that you wanted to like go out on your own and, and build and build this type of project?
1: So, um, Infinity Keys is a the, the most simple way to understand it is it's a treasure hunt platform. Now, that's very simplistic. It's not actually a treasure hunt platform, but if you if you put that in your in your mind that it's a decentralized to build ready player one treasure hunts, that'll get you started. Like that, that gets you down the rabbit hole a little bit. With um, I always thought. Um, Not always that. Uh, I I had this dream of using smart contracts and Web3 to make treasure hunts. You can hide treasure using private keys and you can create clues to give away those private keys and and let people access treasure. And that just sounded fun to me. Um, It was this idea of like a mystery that's embedded in technology that could be in metaverses and in games and um, have NFTs or have tokens. And really to give like this inspiration, this ability that there's mystery out in the world that's available for anyone to find if they have the smarts. That's the idea. And I've had that idea for a really long time because of things like Ready Player One um, and my background before crypto as well. Um, So I have a a games research background. I was a a video games professor for 10 years. I got my PhD in communication and video games in particular. uh, And and my research area was game mechanics. Um, And and beyond games, it was really about um, digital media mechanics and digital technology. And, And what I mean by that is, the affordances of a technology is the stuff that lets you do things with that technology, um, and so that was always just really interesting to me as a research topic. Um, uh, I did a number of articles on that. You can look them up there online in places. You can Google me and Google Scholar I me. Mean, I should come up still, even though it's been a while. Um, but uh, what, what that all, how that all relates to infinity keys is. Um, what excited me about Treasure Hunts wasn't just that there's prizes. It was that there's mechanics inherent to Web3 and to blockchain and to wallets and crypto that um, themselves to this type of game. And that just, that's the idea that wouldn't let go. Um, I thought about that for a long time, months and months, especially when last year metaverses blew up, NFTs blew up, and there was this whole world of digital um multiverses and people and cultures that were starting to live online in this vision that we'd only seen really in sci-fi um that idea wouldn't let go but but it never made sense to like as a as a business like just give away treasure as a business that didn't make any sense for a a long time Um, until i started we started seeing those metaverses actually um start to launch and the things that were happening and i don't know if you all remember but um in the fall last, sandbox and decentraland, and there's all these metaverses, uh, and they had nothing going. They had land sales and they had ads planned, um, and it was this sort of um, a little bit of a desert at the time. And so all of a sudden, this idea of like, well, treasure hunts actually are more than just incentives. They're mechanics where you give people quests and you give people things to do, and you can set a, a series of quests and walk people through context and culture. It emerged as a business idea or um, a project idea, you know, a protocol idea um, on top of those native mechanics that lent themselves to it. So, So all of this stuff kind of, you know, coalesced together and started to gel in my brain like, you know, we could actually be a service. There could be a service that provided questing and prizes and riddles and puzzles and games for projects that want to give this to their communities or for communities that just want to build it themselves or for one random, you know, a solo frog who just got excited about Chainlink and wants to build chain link riddles to give to the community. There's so much opportunity there and people needed that platform. Um, that that's the long, I guess that's uh, not a short version. That's a little bit of a long story of where that came from. Um, I started talking to some friends in the industry, uh, about potentially investing and structuring and what it's like, and there was overwhelming support. And so I went for it and, um, got a team together, convinced a couple other people of the vision and, uh, Away we go, as they say. Yeah,
0: you're like, just, you're like this beautiful. captain on the ship, and you guys are going to conquer the seven seas, Andy. I love it.
1: The The design space for these kinds of games is... Can I swear on this? Dude, yeah, this I really don't big space. Dude, you can, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm used to my YouTubes and podcasts. It's fucking huge. It's just massive. The things that you can do in Web3 as a design space are massive, and we've barely scratched the surface with the games that we're seeing coming out. Um, What excites me about this, and if you think about Treasure Hunts, I I may need to get into a little more detail about what these puzzles kind of look like, but um, the features of Web3 that are really unique, that stand out uh, as different from Web2, lend themselves to these kinds of games uh, in this way. Uh, one, One feature that's really exciting is composability. So Web3 composability is what makes DeFi so cool. Um, You can have a token farming in one platform and you can take the placeholder token and farm it in another platform and you can use those as evidence of a stake to do something else like all of the systems talk to each other and see each other because they're built on a composable layer of the EVM in this case there's other ways to do that but the EVM makes that composability possible and securing, um, uh, using like um, decentralized nodes to secure like where those assets are and digital wallets and and all that sort of thing, um, keeps that whole system secure and honest with itself. So that composability layer is really cool. Everything, every protocol can talk to every other protocol. Uh, The other part has to do with composability is transparency, is we can see what's in any wallet. We can see who owns what NFTs, and we don't need to know exactly who they are, right? It's pseudonymous. Um, But all of these accounts and all of the possessions and ownership is public information. It's on a public blockchain. You can just go see it and you can go look it up. And so when I look at those two things, composability and transparency, and I think about um, treasure hunts, well, well, my mind automatically goes to uh, permissions. Now, I know if you've gone into Illuvium and gotten a specific item as an NFT, because I could just go look in your wallet. And if you come to my game and say, hey, I want to come in and claim a trophy. I want to come in and claim a prize. I can say, wait, let me check your wallet. Did you claim the item in Illuvium first? And it's a simple yes or no. We can just look up on the blockchain. And, and then here's the third piece that's really, really cool about Web3 um, and what ties this together is permissionlessness. I don't have to ask Alluvium to see what's in your wallet. I just look in your wallet. It's on Chain. And so I can make a quest about Alluvium, about Chainlink, about whatever, and just go look and see if you've done that, whether or not I'm involved with those projects. So, so that creates this opportunity for communities and, and individuals to just build things that they love, to share with other people. And I think that has been the story of nfts and metaverses and DeFi, frankly over the past couple of years so let's do that again with games let's let people build their own games about the things that they love
2: yeah like what almost came to my mind is like if you were and if you ever played like xbox live like back in the day and they had like those achievements that popped up like someone could just go and you know build like their own achievement model or build like their own their own mini games or you know if you played like halo forge and you like had like these pieces, right, that you can construct and like build your own maps or game modes and things like that. We can like, extrapolate that to, to Web three and apply it not only just to like a singular game,
1: but basically any any element that you can re- re- read on the blockchain. Not so fast, my friend. Yes, you get it. You absolutely get it. We can do that now. But here's where things get a level just super even more based. What's <laughs> uh, the what's the uh, uh, the next level of based? Whatever. Um, sorry, my machines going off here. Stop beeping. One sec. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. Um here's where things take that next step is not only can we create our own achievement system and give people quests and guides to go through web three stuff, but hey baby, we got Chainlink external adapters. We can pull in any API and get secure data from a network of nodes that verify that data and pull data from any web two source as well. We can pull Xbox API data. We can pull World of Warcraft achievements. We can pull whatever is available. We can pull weather data. We can pull finance data. We, we, anything that Chainlink can do, we can pull it in and use that as some mechanism for game design. Do we want to make a quest only available when the moon is full? We can do it, man. We don't have that right now. I just want to be clear. We don't have that. We're working to build that. But when I say the design space is massive, that's what I mean. It is truly, truly massive. Permissionlessness, composability, the Oracle problem, all of these things start fitting together and we can build games that that consists of anything absolutely uh, so that that's what's kind of exciting to me that's the vision i've been building towards we are n- not close to that we're starting to build out some of those achievements and, and how do we structure that and turn it into a game but um y'all when you invited me on based space i started thinking like what's based you guys this is what it's about this is what we're building towards is this composable layer of web3 achievement systems for literally anything. Yeah,
3: it's. I, I, Andy, I remember us talking about this when we first kind of came in on this conversation. And it's, and it's awesome to see your, your journey. I can't believe how long it's already been uh, more than six months. Um, time really fun. I love this because A, it creates like a, a meta game that has like a hub and spoke model in a permissionless way. Even though you guys are currently creating your own puzzles, like the Infinity Key puzzles, from my understanding in our previous conversations, like it's open and it's permissionless. So as a platform level, you could have entire NFT collections start to create their own puzzles for their own community members. And you can interweave that with other Web 2 games, Web 3 games, and it creates this meta layer, this immersive experience, which I think is absolutely fascinating because to your point, it's open, open it's infinite in terms of creativity. And so this really gets to this point that you, you kind of touch on, which is like, you know, engagement over impressions, can you kind of explain your guys' thought process behind that and the proof-of-effort model that you guys have constructed?
1: Yeah, um, oh, so many things I want to touch on there. Um, so so let, let's dive into some use cases. So I've gotten, you know, I got uh, filled with the spirit and preached from the from the mountain about the big vision. Uh, but it's more than just that. There are real use cases right now. Um, so so for anybody who doesn't know, infinitykeys.io, you can go play puzzles right now. There's challenges up. Um, some of them are simple little riddles that are word games. Some of them are little treasure hunts where you gotta go read something in a white paper. Um, Some of them are like emoji puzzles. You gotta kind of figure out what we're trying to say. There's all sorts of difference right now. Um, The prizes that for all of these are NFTs. For every puzzle on our, um, uh, on Infinity Keys right now, you can claim a free NFT, you gotta pay gas, but you can claim it on Ethereum, Polygon, or Avalanche, and very, very soon uh, we'll have Optimism Live as well. so feel free. Hey, while you're doing this, go head over to infinitykeys.io and play the first puzzle. Start, do the starter pack first. starter pack is like a nice little um, uh, entryway. I have a so, few of
0: them, Andy. Sorry to interrupt. You, you got a couple? Did you yeah. get a starter pack? I mint on ETH, though, not on uh, Avalanche.
1: That's all right. Mint wherever you want, man. It doesn't matter. It's composable. We just look wherever. Like, we look at your wallet. It's it's on the Block Explorer. It's on Snowskin. Sure, it's there. It's fine. Um, you mint where you're comfortable. Because this is not meant to be like an ETH-focused application or, you know, a, even a cross-chain application. It's meant to be a metaverse application. And the metaverse, to me, is a multiverse. It is, is a vast multiverse of things that are in virtual worlds, that are right here and now in Twitter spaces, that are on blogs, written blogs, that are on YouTube and videos. Um, it's meant to be everywhere. And so it can be on any chain. doesn't matter. Um, uh, so, so feel free. Mint where you want. Here's one tip, though. If you do choose to mint one on let's say, Avalanche, for example, mint all of them on Avalanche. It'll make it easier later when you're claiming other um, sort of achievements based on those. If you claim one on ETH and one on Polygon and one on Avalanche, things get a little complicated. We can help you out, but um, do your best to um, keep those on one chain. Um, so let's talk some use cases. So so one, you can go and play right now. Um, and we got working product. It's a fun little UI. We're working on some improvements to make it even easier and a game that people kind of recognize and be able to play. Um, but why would people want to do this? Well, one, um, uh, oh, something she brought up. This is a platform where you can come and build your own puzzles, but it's not that yet. Right now, the Infinity Keys team is building these puzzles. We are working with projects on a B2B basis. So like we have a you know sort of an agency model where um, we take a fee and we help build out your puzzle. Um, and then some projects we're just working with because we think they're cool and as demos and that sort of thing too. So we've got a variety of different models and types of projects that um, we're putting together. Um, now, why would somebody want to, to do this in, in a B2B model? Oh, actually, before I get there. um, So yes, the intent long-term is to have a platform where Chase, you just show up and you build a riddle based on pudgy penguins and you got to, you know, have some attributes of a pudgy penguin. And, and then if you do this and you solve, solve a puzzle and play a game of uh, Tetris and, and win, whatever it happens to be, then you can claim some cool NFT. Maybe it's a free NFT that's just like an achievement. Maybe you, you put in, you know, a, a pile of Ape coin in there for, for a prize. whatever, whatever you want. That is the long term intent. <clears throat> um, right now, we're working on building that out and we're maintaining control of it to make sure the product works first. Um, so before I get into some use cases, do you guys have like questions uh, about that or thoughts? And the audience, feel free to ask questions too. I'm totally open to that. No, you go, guys, I, I,
3: yeah, go, go for it. Um, that you guys actually let gonna me go, I'll, I'll just jam, you know yeah. I won't shut up. I was actually, that was gonna be my next point. Um, so yeah, go for it and then I'll, and I'll hop in as you uh, touch on some of the use cases. Cool.
1: Well, so, so what are the use cases? Um, uh chase mentioned proof of effort which we can also call proof of work but i think that one's a little bit taken if you're if you've ever participated in nft whitelisting it is complete bullshit it's terrible you have to like a tweet you have to follow the account you have to retweet you have to post a meme and the memes are terrible it just has to be a jpeg with text on it and you have to join the discord and you have to like do a whole bunch of things that don't mean anything you can hire bots to do all of those things. You can meaningless do this stuff to get a whitelist spot, the chance that you'll get an NFT to flip it. And that's what the industry is rife with. And there's a whole bunch of tools out there that try to capture this and make it easy. Because to be honest, like projects do need exposure. Projects need retweets. Infinity Keys, go retweet my tweets, help me out. Uh, because we need retweets and exposure to you know, get the attention of people. But what that does is it creates an audience of people, um, a community of people that are not necessarily in it legitimately. They're in it to flip, they're in it to hope it does well, they're in it as just bots, it's not real community. So what Infinity Keys does, you can set up a gate uh, basically as a game where now people gotta go through the white paper. They gotta engage with the community. They have to spend the time and actually do the work, do the effort to play the game and solve the puzzle. And then they can get on a whitelist. So it's an anti-botting mechanism. Um, It is an insight, it's data insight into your community to see like, how many true fans do I actually have? If you're trying to mint out, you've got you know 6,000 NFTs, and you've been using something like Premint, which is a, a cool platform, and you get you know 300 retweets with everything you put out, and you're giving away these whitelist spots. How many of those are people actually going to come in and buy? You don't really know until people put forth the effort and really put the um, put their money where their mouth is, or in this case, put their effort where their mouth is and figure some of these things out so that's a pretty big use case is um the whitelisting use case now you can also just skip the whitelist and use it as your mint like that it, it's almost like um a captcha sort of thing a proof of humanity a proof of solve uh to to get to uh, a mint page and we um, right now we have our own nfts that you could just mint for free but we could absolutely set something where that's your mint page and then you you know pay whatever or, or you mint it or whatever that happens to be um, so there's a couple of use cases right there is that sort of proof of humanity, proof of effort. I like that, um, phrase, uh, proof of play. That's a fun one as well. Right. I think also
3: it, it has like almost a natural built-in marketing campaign.
1: If, you
3: know, assuming at this point, you know, it's a self-constructed puzzle because I, I don't know if you recall, uh, uh, this was probably, I don't know, like close to a decade ago now, but Cicadia 3301. I don't know if you remember, but that just kind of like took the internet by storm. And Absolutely, because man. of the the fascination of the puzzle and the intricacies and how in depth it was, it garnered so much hype and marketing just around the engagement process that you're you're hinting at. So it's it's even almost like an investment, you know, for NFC collections to get uh kind of like in the hype and actually try to like work to solve this like treasure and maybe, you know, at the end of the tunnel is, you know, in the future, the one-of-one NFTs versus, you know, paying, you know, 400 ETH for, you know, a left-facing uh, NFT collection.
1: You know, um so we did a ton of uh, product research and treasure hunt research, especially NFT and crypto-related, before, you know, as we kind of developed the product and positioned it. And um, there's some really interesting lessons. And that one, the SCADA one, is, is a fantastic example where there weren't that many digital treasure hunts, especially not that deep, and it got incredible press afterwards. There's a couple other great treasure hunts and sort of mysteries that have gotten fantastic press. There was a me one with the pigs, there's a board apes one that everybody um, in the video. Uh, and then what was the other one I was thinking of? Uh, oh, oh Temple Dao. Temple did a really fantastic treasure hunt type of thing as well. And when there are good treasure hunts that have big communities, um, they garner press. And so you get a fantastic write-up and you get a lot of attention to a project uh, and it's pretty cool. However, if you're a project without that defined community, if you're a project who's just starting up and trying to engage a community, treasure hunts like as just as those uh, as those are laid out are not always the best. And and we've made some design changes based on this. But let's think about a treasure hunt real quick. Um, uh, the prize is a bitcoin, a single bitcoin. Uh, how much is bitcoin worth? Uh, Twenty one grand. That's a pretty good chunk of money. Um, so if I put up one bitcoin as a prize. Uh, That's going to have to take some effort, right? Like That's kind of what you want to see is you want to see somebody put some real effort into that to be able to claim this prize because you want the puzzle to be mysterious and people to get excited about it and have this whole viral campaign happen. But what actually happens, instead of people when they see a Bitcoin as a prize or some massive prize, a punk, a crypto punk as a prize, most people say, wow, that's valuable. I'll never be able to solve it. I'll read about it later. And they peace out and you lose it. And that happens to 90% of people. And so you think you're going to get 1,000, 10,000 people in, and really you get 100 people in the door um, if you have a big prize. Because people just assume, well, the work that I'm going to have to do, I'm not skilled enough to do. Um, and, and, and that's true for the most cases, for a lot of those. When you join and you and you start and you try, some of those initial clues, they got to be hard because there's a really big prize at the end. Uh, and people just realize, like, oh, I'm too dumb for this. And I'm not going to figure it out, so I'm just going to watch. And what ends up happening over the course of a couple weeks is like five people are working on this and 30 people are watching. And now the project has blown not only the prize money of a Bitcoin, but all the work of building like custom pages and code breaking and like NFTs and like all the stuff that goes into it. They've spent an insane amount of money for pretty low ROI. It, it, it turns out to be not that great. And I've seen some really amazing hunts that just don't get traction because they're too hard. Uh, and and people don't have the time to spend on something that they're not going to benefit from. They'd rather do a, read about it later or just forget about it and, um, Say love me. So, okay. So that, so, so yes, Chase, there is marketing built in, but it's gotta be the right combination. So what have we done about this? Instead of going for these big, you know, huge prizes and, and big viral events, um, uh, we have decided to make puzzles that are accessible to everybody. Um, the prizes are free to mint or, or free NFTs. You got to pay gas um, and you can get a pretty cool NFT. And, why would you want that NFT? Well, they are cool. They look really nice. They're these ancient maps. They have some um, <clears throat> infinity keys hidden in there. And visually, they've got Easter eggs in every one. You can go look for it. It's just for fun. Um, and so you get NFT, you get this experience. And also on a later puzzle, if you continue playing infinity keys, we might require that NFT. And so, oh, now we can do sort of these questing and achievements and we can build a game out of it that doesn't have this big prize thing. And you know it's accessible. You know it's something you can solve. The other component that we really focus on and build in is this other use case that I'll get to. It's not just a marketing campaign. It's a community engagement campaign. Uh, Successful treasure hunts result in people talking about the hunt. I am a successful, I have built a successful game when people are in a Discord talking about how I solve this. Could it be this? Could it be this? How do you do this? And in, in most cases, somebody already has solved it and knows, and they're giving hints. These prizes aren't worth... And anything, hundreds or thousands of dollars, they're they're for fun. And so people don't spoil it. They put each other out and they give nudges and hints. Um, And so others can play the game and have fun. The result is engagement, connection with a community, you're building relationships, you're learning about a project and the game and about each other, um, which is a far more valuable result to me. And that's what we're after. So we wanna create these game spaces where people are having fun, they're having these aha moments, they're having collectibles, they're doing these things. Um, they're not competing for each other for a single prize and going cutthroat and then hoping it gets a write-up in decrypt or whatever. Um, that that's not my goal. My goal is that community and that engagement. Um, or as my friend Chair, uh, who's here in the audience, likes to say, extending engagement. You take the audience, the group you have, and extend that. Give them more. Um, build for your community and give them things to do. It's a it's a different type of reality, um, Chase. Uh, a different type of marketing and. You know, people talk, get a lot of lip service to, you know, build for your community and put community first. This is how to do it. Give them something. Give them something. While you're waiting to release and your devs are building, you got to give them something to do. This is a great thing to do. It builds community. It keeps them engaged. It's topical or it can be topical. Um, and it's native to Web3.
0: So it's fun. Andy, back on the um, the whole marketing kind of conversation. So There's this guy on YouTube. I forget his name. I'll have to send it to you because uh, I'm up after this episode. But he does like these super extremely hard puzzles um that are like physical puzzles and like shaking the box and stuff like that are do you guys have any plans i guess of marketing um towards people on youtube that do puzzles and like get them to switch kind of towards like this web 3 puzzle finding rather than physical ones um so opportunity for streaming
1: and puzzles is really interesting whether it's youtube um or or, or a live stream or whatever it happens to be so i do think there's opportunity there um uh, but I don't know how that will look. Um, you know, honestly, right now, it's more like uh, it's closer to Wordle than it is to um, a, a streaming game. Um, so do people stream or make YouTube videos about solving Wordle? I've seen some good TikToks that, you know, people walk through their emotional state. And they're actually really entertaining and they're fun. But it's a kind of a different genre and it's a different play. So there's a ton of 4X games. There's a, mil- you know, a bunch of shooters coming out um uh, to farming games of course in web 3 but there's not a ton of casual games besides like poker um th- that's a different niche so while i don't doubt that there is some market for puzzle games on youtube and streaming and all that um i, I think we've got a little more building out to do before like it connects and clicks and hits um and i'm comfortable with that because the, pu- the casual game genre is massive mobile games alone are making more than 50 percent of the entire game's Industry revenue, billions and billions of dollars, um, and and puzzle games and casual games are a huge part of that. Um, and so, why not make that a part of Web three as well? So that's kind of our focus: is like let's make that good game first, and make sure that game has sticky elements. And we need to work on that with our UX and our experience. Eventually, well, profiles and experience points, and levels, and all that stuff. That's not there yet. Um, that's when I think we'll start seeing some of those connections to streamers and you know uh, YouTubers and things like that.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting, and that kind of goes. Into- yeah go for it just i was just
3: gonna ask um from like kind of like an internal perspective like what i know you said you're kind of working uh with the few people and kind of like the alpha you know stage and beta stage throughout this process but like what what is the appetite um from a user perspective like who who are you guys kind of currently working with i'm not sure if you can name direct names but just in, in generalities like from what industry the web two web three is it NFT collections is it more gaming could you put some
1: color on that Yeah, Um, it it is absolutely everywhere. And it's one of the hardest things about about building right now is, like, if we did a games focus or if we did a PFP focus or we did a Web2 focus, um, it might be a little easier to to zero in. Um, But at the moment, we are getting requests from absolutely every direction. Uh, I I won't name specific names, but we got a completely organic inbound lead from a major global brand that you have all seen uh, just because... Uh, they were curious about doing something web three that wasn't like a huge uh, investment in time and resources. They, they wanted to know like, could we launch an NFT in a simple fun way that's low risk just to test out if we do it. And so um, th- that was their use cases. They wanted to say like, how can we do a puzzle to kind of engage with uh, an audience and do it as an experiment? And uh, um, so, so we kind of get inbound like, like that. Uh, some other sort of global brands, it's a similar sort of thing is they wanna figure out a way to engage their community use Web3, do it without, like, betting the farm on an NFT or, uh, you know, having some strategy that they're stuck with forever. Um, I saw one, I saw I saw this a little bit last year, a couple of times, was some group project uh, with their NFT gives their fans access to, like, backstage passes or premium benefits for life. Like That's insane. Like, why, why would you do that? that? That's really intense. It's a huge benefit, but, like, it's an incredible risk. like um, to, to see that happen, so, so some companies they are intimidated by that. They just want to do something um, small and easy, and so we get inbound on that um, a, a fair amount. Uh, PFP projects, it is, um, are constantly looking for ways to engage their community. You got a community full of penguins or frogs or whatever it happens to be, and the question is, what do we do with them? The devs are building utility. What are they building? Are they building staking? Are they building airdrops? Are they building merch? Are they building events? Uh, the interest for us is, well, let's give them something to do that's based on the collection. It's themed, it's for the community and it gives out rewards. And so it's a way to engage communities. Um, from game studios, um, it, it's very similar to that sort of PFP thing is a lot of games, they uh, you know they raise quarter million dollars and they build the most badass game trailer you've ever seen in your life. People flood into the Discord. They raise a bunch of money to build out the game. And now you've got to wait for a year and a half before you see the screens, right? You just got to wait. And so they need, to keep community and to retain that community for a really long time with on topic stuff. That's not the game. Itself. So we get interest from that. Um, it, it, it's things like that. There, there's a, a number of plays where platforms that have something to do with NFTs. Usually um, they want to do some sort of pass through agreement. Like uh, I've got an NFT launch platform and I want to find a way to promote and support communities for the NFT projects that launch on my platform. So they want to work with us so that they've got something to offer there or um their customers as well uh, and fact community. so uh did i miss any do you, i haven't figured out DeFi yet i gotta think about DeFi, how it fits in um I, I think there's ways to do that but i've kind of just like turned off DeFi. and been like we'll figure y'all out later uh I, I think the exciting part of DeFi, this is far in the future is if you have treasure that's locked up on a smart contract well it's also composable and so it's not just eth sitting there waiting to be claimed or link you can farm with that. You can go deposit that in Aave and earn a little bit, or or you know convert it to stables and stick it in a pool together, and then pay out the pool together winnings or something like that, right? But um, we're not doing that yet. Uh, that that, was, that is a far future thing. Right now, it is really about who has communities and how
0: do you want to engage them using NFTs using Web three. That's the inbound that we get. Yeah, the um, not maybe not the only, but one of the projects I've seen that kind of like does DeFi and NFTs is JPEG. I don't know if you've seen that project, um, but you can basically like collateralize your your nfts like your board apes or your punks and borrow or stables against it um so you, like maybe in the future someone has someone releases a game with a ton of treasure and that treasure becomes super valuable because it you know that game has built a really strong community around their game and then uh you could borrow against it that'd be
1: yeah absolutely i i don't know how assets and treasures are going to work with defi yet there's a ton of because of composability there's a ton of opportunity there um so yeah i, I agree Come build it, you know, come build it out, propose it. Once we have community and, you know, well, by then we'll have bounties and all that good stuff.
0: <laughs> so also um, I was going to ask this earlier. So I know you guys have 24 puzzles. What is like your goal at the end of the year? How many puzzles do you want to have on there? Um, I, I don't know. I, I knew that when
1: we had three, it wasn't enough. And um, recently we knew that we had 20 or so and it was a mess. And so we had to organize them. And if you go to the website now, there's a button that says packs. And so now they're a little bit organized into packs. Right now, my mission is to make a product that makes sense. They're called alpha trophies when you get one of the NFTs, because this is the alpha. We're building in public. This is not a final game. What we're doing is we're soliciting user feedback and we get feedback for everybody that plays. Um, But if you go now and like you click on a puzzle, it doesn't always make sense what you're supposed to do. And, and so that's the sort of thing we're trying to figure out before we really go ham. We're doing no marketing. This is just because like, we know each other and you guys invited me. I kind of invited myself, um, to be honest, because I haven't uh, talked to you guys in a while. Um, but but our marketing is is pretty slow right now because we're not trying to, we're not going mass market at the moment. We're making sure we have a built product. When you say how many puzzles am I going to have? I don't know, man. Like, you know, if, if a major, absolutely, you know, huge, Um, infrastructure web three infrastructure project wants to come and and hire us to do something we'll make a bunch right Uh, i'd be happy to do that some layer two wants to come and 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 pay me a bunch of money to do that Um, there's a ton of grants for metaverses if one of those hits and they want us to build out a a ton of puzzles for decentraland or sandbox or whoever we'll do it and we'll build as many puzzles as there need to be Um, but i'm not looking for a particular goal right now there's enough puzzles up there for people to explore a variety of levels of difficulty. There's a few easier ones. There's places where you're definitely going to get stuck because there are some that are hard um, that nobody's been able to figure out yet that we made intentionally hard. Uh, and so we're just trying to find what's the balance. What's too hard for most people? Where is that? So this really is the alpha test. We're building in public. We're opening the product for feedback. Uh, we're giving out NFTs and starting to build the community and explain the vision to people.
0: What um, What's your hardest one? Avalanche. To... Avalanche. Okay.
1: Yeah, um, nobody, nobody solved
0: that one okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try to solve that i've been like trying to do them as we're talking to. <laughs> no um, man, don't start there don't start the hardest one this is not yeah. dark souls okay no, go back <laughs> no no, no, no. I've, d- I've done a few of them already but like before our episode um that's why i was just asking like which one's the hardest one but so also let's talk smart con so you're gonna be at smart yes i believe all three of us are going and darb is coming as well so all four of us um First of all, we got to get a beer. Second of all, what are the uh, what are the treasure hunts going to look like?
1: So, um, uh, I've been planning some interesting treasure hunts, and uh, here's maybe this is an insight into how we build Infinity Keys puzzles. Is most of them they're supposed to be virtual, so we're we're not really an IRL events company, um, but SmartCon's kind of a special occasion and. Um, and, and so, so maybe there's some things we could do in, but one of the things that always stood out to me about SmartCon, I've done them for the past couple of years. I, I love them. I got to MC last year. It was a total blast. Um, uh, is the virtual presence of the Marines is so much fun and it's not just Marine. There's a ton of people who are like Aunt froggy and Mimi and, and all that, who really care about Chainlink. They're just excited about it. They see the potential, um, for the technology and, uh, and, and the revolutionary change that's coming. And so most of those people will not be in-person. SmartCon is this massive event and and an opportunity, not just to talk to the people in real life, but also to talk to those people virtually. So when I started thinking about like, okay, well, what kind of hunt, what kind of challenges and puzzles do we want to make? It is really important to me to make things for the Marines who have supported me for now years. And so there will definitely, definitely be virtual, uh, heavy virtual components to these puzzles. Um, Now that said, you can't have a live event and just ignore those people. So uh, I suspect that there will be multi-stage challenges where you have to solve one puzzle and then you solve the next stage and the next stage, and maybe quite a few stages until you get to an actual NFT. Um, uh, in those stages, some might be oriented more towards a virtual, some might be oriented more towards physical, uh, but the critical component is that whoever solves these will need to share these with the community. These are community events. It is not a winner-take-all, it is threshold. You're gonna have to have so many mints of these final challenges, and so you're gonna have to help each other. And if one person finds one special thing, IRL, are they gonna hoard it to themselves or are they gonna share it with a group? Very, very curious to see uh, what will happen. Uh, and I suspect we'll get some sharing, um, and I hope we'll get some sharing, honestly. Um, but but that's the sort of thing we're thinking about. Now, uh, as for content, uh, well, there's so much content, right? Like. There's all the official content, the white paper and all the blog posts and um, the videos and Sergey's talk and all of those things that are potential places where we can actually go look for content. Um, that's kind of what's exciting about content based puzzles and infinity keys puzzles is we can go to back content and pull out clues and hints and passcodes from, um, from from older stuff we could go from white paper 1.0 um, not official stuff, but we can go to unofficial stuff. We can go to old 4chan posts. We have them. I know where they are. We know the memes. There's been so much community content that has like been viral and exciting and, and really caught the attention that it seems foolish to me to ignore that, especially when we're building four communities. So um, the content will be, chain link and that is an extremely broad topic um which means you're going to have to work together with people of different areas of expertise some people who are 4chan experts and some people who are clg level into the weeds white paper experts and some people who are um you know have uh, are watching SmartCon every single talk and taking notes um, um it, it's really expansive now i, I will say this uh, like i said earlier it is really important to me that accessibility is um featured. And so everybody will be able to solve this. That 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 is the goal. And there will be places where people can go and work together and talk and and that sort of thing. So those are some of my goals, my thoughts. I do have several plans in the works already that are super fun. Um, some are goofy, some are nice throwbacks, you know, I don't know, all
0: sorts of stuff. I I think Chase has a question, but uh, just real quick before when infinity keys token.
1: Um when needed. Um, when when token needed. Uh, Right now, token not needed. There's no reason to have fake community governance about a product that we're building internally and doing alpha testing for. However, um, there are very good reasons to have NFTs that have sort of a subscription model or that may give you in-game benefits as features in the game come live. So I would not be surprised to see some sort of NFT mint happen sooner than than long-term. Um, so that's thing number one is like, how, how do you build a community and really get people exposed to the product and working with it in a way? NFTs are a good way to do that. As for an actual liquid token, uh, utility or governance, if there is a community that necessitates governance, that token is a great way to orient that community. It's a bad, we thought it was a bad idea to launch a token and hope for a community as opposed to the other way around. If we launched a token at the end of last year, we would be so fucked right now. Like we would have, you know, no liquidity. We would just have a whole bunch of grumpy people who, um, you know, were waiting for product in our discord. And we'd be busy doing that instead of actually building a product. So we elected to wait. Um, uh, The platform should be people building puzzles for each other testing puzzles and submitting them. And if, it, like, let's say Chase, you build a cool puzzle template, like a type of a challenge, um, and, and that gets used, like in the Roblox model, then you should get compensated for people using that template. So so there's really good reasons for a token as you get kind of further out into that community curve and what that's doing. Um, but to answer the when token question, the answer
0: is when needed. I like it, No fake dumping, no fake community, I like it. I love
3: yeah. it. I, I think I know the the template I'm gonna pursue. Um, no, I, I actually, just I was just thinking about it, um, just ideating here, like, kind of ideas. I'm curious, like, have you ever thought about a sort of, a, like, a digital escape room PVP experience for the more uh, intense puzzle hunters, right? You know, because I'd imagine there's probably, you know, eventually people who are um, very serious about code breaking or puzzle, you know, they, they may want to pursue a PVP style environment. You know, there's a lot of competition just in anything, right? And so would it be possible with this platform and using smart contracts to maybe have like a user bonded system in which you could lock funds in this like digital escape room. And in order to unlock your, your funds, you have to win the PVP round of solving the
1: puzzle before your competition. So you just proposed this incredible use case for a metaverse land. You get a plot of land build it, and And what do you need? You need an audience, you need uh, an an arbiter, you need a third party who can trustlessly hold assets in a way and verify whether or not somebody actually won in this competitive scene. That's what Infinity Keys is for. It's the platform to make that possible. Now, you go build whatever you want. You can make it a riddle, you can make it a maze in a metaverse, you can make it an arcade shooter game, you know, flash game, um, or you can make it this PvP escape room sort of thing. Make it a narrative mystery and set a timer you do whatever you want. Um, I think that's an insanely cool idea. Like, there's this cool niche audience for it. There's people who are hyper competitive, who would put up some money for it to, you know, make make it exciting. Um, That sort of thing absolutely is in the scope of of what's possible. Um, I'll be honest, I don't want to build that uh, myself, personally. Um, But what I want to do is make a system where if you get excited to build that, you can. You can come and you can spend a month or two and tweak it and make this cool thing, and then you let it run. And guess what? You, you take a rake from the bot because now you built this template out. It's being used. People contribute. The prize gets paid out, and, and you take a whatever it is, 2% rake. That's a creator-owned model. That That's exactly the vision of Web3 is you can make something and use the tools that are decentralized and available to have passive income on the side and to any financial freedom for yourself while providing legitimate real games and experiences for people. Yeah,
3: I, uh, I, I love that. And I love the, the scalability of that to where there are levels of how you can interact with Keys, either as a, um, a developer, you know, in time or a creator, a puzzle creator, or maybe you just want the engagement or the um, just having fun and, and solving the puzzles from a user perspective.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I, I see hackathons as an amazing place for Infinity Keys in the future once we have a lot more funding uh, to to incentivize developers to bring in especially Chainlink external adapters for games. Like I talked about earlier, like that's so exciting. Let's find a weird use case for sea level. Let's find a cool use case for, um, for astrology. Let's make astrology-based puzzles based on literally what's in the sky at a given location at the moment. Pull that data in. That sort of thing is definitely within the scope of, of what we envision for this. Uh, it's just a matter of getting there. And for us, like right now, we're trying to make sure that we've got a product that when people play it, they get it. Oh, I get it. This is a game. You know, try, uh, I can win achievements. And oh, they're NFTs. Oh, that's interesting. It stacks. And then they do what you just did. Hey, I wonder if we could do this. Come into the Discord, go to the build channel and be like, hey, can you do this? And I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to say, yeah, go build it. Pitch it to us. What does it look like? I see a... Uh, um, some Avogadro people in here as well. We got some Avogadro friendly people in our Discord as well. And they're starting to think along these ways like, what can we build that aligns with our game? What can we build that aligns with metaverses or crypto voxels or my event? Um, and that's the sort of spirit that we really want to be able to support. Anyways, it's dope. Come check it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm open to questions about uh, Chainlink Labs too. I'm open to questions about uh, Web3. I've been in the, in the space for five years or so, so um, whatever else is cool. Oh, I'm a couple of cool projects too. I don't know if we're there yet. We're still kind of on Infinity Keys, but uh, open to talk about a p- bunch of other stuff if needed. And did you do you envision like kind of like a drag
2: and drop interface? Like I know you're kind of going for like this no code model. Like how do you
1: how do you envision that looking like? Yeah, some sort of WYSIWYG. Um, There's some uh, interesting design challenges. Uh, So for example, if if I wanna require that you hold an NFT from a given collection, I gotta paste an address into uh, the contract, right? Into our contract. I've gotta be able to point, say, okay, you, you have to go and look at this on the block explorer. And that's not a natively drag and drop sort of thing. Um, you know, if you just have a, a dropdown menu of every possible NFT collection on Ethereum, that's not, it, it's not a good user experience. And so um, we've got to do a lot of thinking about that and how we're going to do that. And so that's one of the reasons why it's not customer, you know, community facing right now. It's when we spin up a new puzzle, we ask the question, like, can we do this? How how do we do this? Um, we built a demo uh, for a project that I won't name, but we built a demo where there is a playable nft it's a game and there's there's a few of these nfts out there they're playable nfts they're games they're super cool and we can embed those in the page and then when you complete the the game then something happens and you like pass to the next um the next stage of, of the hunt to the, the next quest but like building it into an intuitive way so that anybody can can put that together is a little bit more challenging right it's really easy right now to say like okay what passcode do you want and then we, okay, it's five letters long. We stick up five boxes. What clue do you want? Okay, there's the text that goes on the page. That's all straightforward. That's drag and drop. That's easy. You know, linking a video or whatever it happens to be. It's when you get into some of those more advanced use cases that are the more exciting use cases that um, we just don't know yet. Uh, it, so yes is the answer. No code. I want marketing people to be able to come in here and not bother with their devs and set up a cool... Uh, An engaging event for their community that requires NFTs, that requires token, that requires gameplay, you know, whatever it is. Uh, But I don't know how that's going to look yet. Got it. Very cool. Um,
2: Oh, I see. Dar wants to come up. Well, maybe Dar has a question for you, Andy. Sure, man. What up, Dar? What's
0: up, man? Dude, super interesting. I'm, I'm loving what I'm hearing.
2: Well, I'm glad. I love talking about it. <laughs> Did you have a question for Andy? I didn't know.
0: No, I didn't. I must have honestly fat fingered it. I just sat down with dinner and I was listening, but I realized I popped on because my phone like lit up. <laughs> Well,
1: you're welcome uh, to be up here fat-fingering with dinner. What you, what you have? Anything good?
0: Yeah, actually. I got a steak, some salmon, asparagus, some mushrooms, and uh, mashed potatoes. Really went all out. What? Wow. Oh. Man, that's a feast. <laughs> that is a feast. Steak.
1: When steaking? Right now, Darb.
0: <laughs> Andy was I'm trying big. to make it every day.
2: Um, I would say uh, if anyone from the audience wants to come up and ask questions about Infinity Keys, you're welcome to to request. Don't be shy. Uh but in the meantime, Andy, like uh
1: maybe talk to us about some of those projects you uh Oh yeah. Um so there's an interesting one that we just did an Infinity Keys launch with, so yeah, I'm gonna show my own project, but it's San, S A N um Sounds. Sun Sounds it's interesting, they've got um a PFP release coming up and they've got comics and lore with it. And then there's uh, music based stuff. So they've got a DJ Kaku is the DJ's name who's great, um, who's involved and they're doing some really interesting stuff uh, as well. So uh, I checked them out they' They have uh, some decent traction and they've got great art and a good community spirit. Um, I, I would definitely say uh, another one is uh, some friends of mine uh, have this project called coral. And uh, if you guys are following the Avalanche ecosystem, um, it was on the, uh, the guy was on the uh, subnet show, just the most recent one this week, talked a little bit Coral and it's a, I think Coral dot. Oh, what is it? It's not fun. I don't know what the, the website is, but it's like Coral, like um, Coral reef and it's a music platform where they're doing basically social tokens and referral bonuses to upset ticketing and, um, uh, and, and like Facebook ads and crap like that. It's really interesting, super smart team. Um, and they're building on Avalanche subnet, which is really interesting to me as well. Um, what was the other one? Oh, I had a great one in mind. I don't know. You know, I see so many good projects these days. Um, oh, 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 Zero DAO. Have you guys seen Zero DAO? I have not. Or maybe Zero Confirmation. It's Zero Confirmation. Um, Zero Confirmation is adjacent to Ren. If you guys are like uh, familiar with Ren, and they do cross-chain um, Bitcoin swaps with zero confirmations like they do it really fast and they've got a way to do it that uh it's i don't know exactly how it works i feel like it's kind of like flash loan and then they do this um automatic transition and then settle up later um but but it's a really interesting model and they've already transferred a ton of bitcoin across a number of different chains um so zero confirmation is really interesting there's some friends of mine i have no token in the project it's just some guys that i've known for a long time that are doing cool stuff in DeFi. so giving them a shout out uh, there's another cool. project that's really dope. It's called Chainlink. Have you guys heard of that one?
0: <laughs> Never heard of it. Nah. Tell us more.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. They run stuff out of a nail salon in San Francisco, is what I hear. I um, thought it was the Bahamas or the Grand Caymans. <laughs> it turns out the uh, nail salon was not in
0: the game. <laughs> it was in Sergey's basement. <laughs>
1: Just, just a little bit of lore to keep in mind. <laughs> you never know when that stuff's gonna come up. Um, I'm really excited for SmartCon. You know, I, in my experience uh, working at Chainlink Labs is they tell you as much truth as they can at all times. If whatever staking will come out is when staking is ready. Uh, whatever they can release and they're confident that it will be secure and real, they'll release it. Um, and so I, I'm really excited to see um, what's coming up for this. I don't know how much it will be for staking. Uh, I don't know how much we'll hear about CCIP. I've talked before about how excited I am about Deco. I think, I don't, I don't know if they're doing anything with it whatsoever, but man, I can't wait for Deco for infinity keys. Deco would be a killer use case. Um, so uh, um, I'm just excited to see what comes out and how people are using it um, and uh, and what the new stuff is. Keepers, like Keepers, is such an underrated product um, that there's got to be some really dope use cases with that. That I hope we see. Shout out to the Keepers crew. I know some of those guys. Yeah, you know, Andy, I was actually thinking about
3: um, Keepers specifically for Infinity Keys, and I, I see a lot of synergy um, between, you know, maybe like starting and stopping, like puzzle quest rounds if they're time based, or even, you know, if there's any sort of treasure hunts that maybe like on chain potentially, mm-hmm. uh, you you could use Keepers. So I think. From a platform perspective, I see a lot of synergy between you guys and and keepers. Well, like thresholds.
1: So thresholds are really interesting is if you solve a puzzle, you get to the next stage. Good for you. But again, my goal isn't to reward you. It's to reward a community and make people work together. So I want to let the next stage advance after a thousand people discover this and so that's a great use case for keepers it's an on-chain check and then you can release the next sort of thing for an on-chain puzzle is to do that monitoring so um when it makes financial sense for everybody those are absolutely not things that you know we'll look into
0: i was just thinking you could even have like uh cooldowns for certain quests and puzzles yeah um
1: that's a good idea or like you can only attempt so many a day and then like it uses some resource, you know, like mobile games. You have 30 attempts a day and then you got to wait and recharge your stuff. Um, there's some really interesting stuff there. Yeah, you can combine it with like a step counter as well. That'd be pretty dope. Oh, that's interesting. So I got my Infinity Keys NFT and I have to stake it. And then if it's staked, that's when I can like actually access puzzles. And maybe I get a bonus if it's staked or something like that. And then when I'm done with my energy... I have to stick it in a different place and do my step counter, or wait till the uh, you know the moon cycle or, or whatever it happens to be. <laughs> yeah, gotta yeah, encourage us web three people to be more active. Get to sunlight. <laughs> uh, decentralized oracle for touching grass.
0: <laughs> Special gloves. That's funny. <laughs> I know enough. Yeah, we We're all like, are smoke, smoking us. Not me, no. <laughs> Not you guys, but Web3. Oh, 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 oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the possibilities are endless, Andy. That's for sure. As long as you can bring it on chain.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Uh, man, I, I uh, this was really cool, Andy. I, I appreciate you reaching out and sharing your project. I'm, I, I'm actually super pumped for you man like, like it'll really be cool to see like friends just start their own projects and endeavors and go off on their own and uh yeah man always happy to support anything anything that you do and let me know when i can like purchase my own puzzle and i'll
1: 100 uh, support support um well I, i'm not alone is one of the things i've got a killer team chair in the audience is um uh, uh, technical p.m extraordinaire i've known him for probably about a year now Uh, on a variety of other projects in Web3 and um, super, I I wouldn't be able to do this without him Uh, and the devs that I have. um, Some are anon and prefer to stay that way. But uh, if you go to our, um, if you go to the Infinity Keys IO, there's a section called thesis. That's our white paper. You can read it. It's got far more detailed information about our visions and plans, but then also at the bottom has the team is doxxed. And so you can read about everybody and their experiences. Um, it looks like a little bit of a big team but you know some people are working for token people are working part-time people are hustling to make this happen we're running lean and small um, and really trying to get a good product going before we hit something like a token sale or a major event but um uh, we are we're still so my, my team is just awesome I, I got a great crew of advisors and uh, investors as well that um, you know, we, we do have some investors and they're they're angel investors. That's not VC funds. It's people who know the space, who care about what we're doing, um, who care about me and, and what we're building. So uh, I'm really fortunate to not be alone. Uh, I've got, you know, people communities like you guys, which I appreciate as well. Cause I know I've got that support, even in this industry where everybody's building and kind of in their own spot, um, get together with some folks and talk through things and people are, are willing to talk. So uh, that, that's awesome um that said uh, we are still closing our angel round we got a little bit more money to raise we're, we're doing pretty good uh, but if there are angel investors that are listening feel free to reach out talk i can talk to you about the opportunity and what it looks like and uh and, and see whether or not it's a fit
0: hey based i want to talk to you about that off podcast yeah we should not do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh chase super
2: you have any more questions for the legend andy
0: not questions, but just uh, gratitude. Andy, thanks for coming on. You, you know, basically gave us a chance when we were starting our podcast and it was super dope to, uh, you know, receive that love and support from you. So anything we can do to help support you, just let us know. Yep. Yeah,
3: plus one for my side. Um, Andy, it was great. Great speaking with you and, and catching up. It's It's been too long and I look forward to uh, seeing
1: you at SmartCon. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it so much. It's it's going to be fun. I'm going to be working. I'm going to be hustling. Um, I'm always working. I'm always hustling. So if you want to come hang out and work and hustle with me, um, happy to have you in the Discord. Happy to have you on our hunts. Uh, this is work to me. It's fun. Like it's making the vision reality. You know, we're building it right here. This is the bear market. Come on, man. Let's do it. Let's put this together and be ready for the next run, uh, because we're changing the world. It's like you know, one puzzle at a time, or one oracle at a time, or one podcast at a time. In, in some some cases. Let's go. All
2: right, guys. That's a wrap. Stay based, everyone. Thanks again, Andy, for coming on, and shout out to all the
0: listeners. Stay based. waste space.